Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The New Orleans Saints have found Sean Payton's replacement. We dive into some interesting bets for the big game. And what got these Bengals to the Super Bowl seemingly ahead of schedule? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The New Orleans Saints have a new head coach. Dennis Allen will be the new head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And joining me to break it all down, Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. We are in L.A. for the Super Bowl, a place neither team that we cover was able to uh, <laughs> able to make it. Uh Dennis Allen was a name that you and I talked about when we talked about this a couple weeks ago when yep. we found out Sean Payton uh, w- was stepping away. Why Sean pa- or why Dennis Allen yeah. here? I, I, look, I, I think if you look at what general manager Mickey Loomis has talked about from the very beginning, it's been about maintaining cohesion, maintaining culture. They wanted somebody with head coaching experience and that understood the culture of the New Orleans Saints. Dennis Allen checks all of those boxes. And he had the biggest audition out of any of the other guys that got the opportunity to interview. Eric Bieniemy might have done eight hours with the New Orleans Saints in his interview, but he didn't shut out the reigning Tampa, you know, the reigning Super Bowl <laughs> champions, right. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on national television in place of Sean Payton. So I think when you look at Dennis Allen he was a front runner all along and there were a lot of different elements that went into this decision not the least of which being his familiarity with the team and roster I understand um, that that the NFL has a a uh, protocol in place when it comes to trying to make this process as fair for everyone as possible Um, a lot of people including Brian Flores do not think that that system is equitable enough how do you think a hiring like this affects both the perception and the mechanics of NFL head coaching hiring practices. I think that NFL head coaching hiring practices are not at any in in any sense of the word equitable at all when it comes to minority candidates. I also think that we have to look at hiring head coaches in two different ways, promoting internal candidates and reaching out to external candidates. Mm. And if the plan from the very beginning is to promote an internal candidate, then let's not waste anybody's time here, right? But if we're really going to look at external candidates and you're going to do a full-on intensive, expansive coaching search, then we have to make sure that we have the people that are making the decisions in the right place from the right place. And you and I discussed on Locked On Today not too long ago this idea around how Brian Flores in his 59-page complaint listed out some of the suggestions about how to improve this. And some of it is, let us solve your problem, right? <laughs> right. And, and it's not always great to go about it that way, but in the NFL, considering that we've been at it this long and they haven't been able to solve the problem themselves, it's time to start stepping aside and making the open lanes so that the people that can solve the problems will solve the problems. How do you think, back to the, the Saints part of this, how do you think this affects offensively what the Saints are moving forward because Sean Payton, he was the guy. He was the engine of this offense for a long, long time, even with Drew Brees. We don't know the future of the quarterback position for the New Orleans Saints, and now we don't know the future of the offense either. Yeah, the offensive triumvirate in New Orleans has only one remaining piece. It was Drew Brees, it was Sean Payton, and it was offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. The difference is that Sean Payton called all the plays, with the exception of a couple seasons. 2011, Sean Payton had an ACL injury. He got relegated up to the box, (laughs) so he couldn't call the plays on the sideline. 2012, of course, the Bounty Gate suspension season. So Pete Carmichael is, is the guy now who has to be the one to continue to innovate, create, evolve, and change that offense for whoever that quarterback is going to be. My guess at this point, since the Saints are so interested in maintaining cohesion, 
Jameis Winston is the guy that makes the most sense to move forward with going into 2022, but we'll see if they can get him to stick around. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. The Super Bowl provides plenty of opportunities to make some money from sports betting. We break down the best bets coming up next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Saints weren't the only team to hire a head coach yesterday. The Houston Texans tapped Lubby Smith to lead their team on Monday. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your host, Cody Davis, one half of Locked On Texans, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And ladies and gentlemen, 24 days after the firing of David Cully, the Houston Texans now have a new head coach. It isn't Josh McCown, it isn't Jonathan Gannon, and unfortunately, it is not Brian Flores, but out of all the candidates that they have been linked to over the last four weeks, they decided on Lovey Smith. Now I get it, I understand it. Lovey Smith is not a candidate that nobody had in mind. As a matter of fact, over the last 24 hours, it seems like Lovey Smith came out of nowhere and stole this head coaching job. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, I do believe that the Texans are in good hands with Lovey Smith as their head coach. First and foremost, we already know what type of improvements a team can actually make with Lovey Smith taking one of the coaching positions. As a matter of fact, during the 2021 season, Lovey Smith served as this team defensive coordinator. And despite a 4-13 record, one of the bright spots for the Texans in 2021 was the improvements and the enhancement that this team made on the defensive side of the ball. Especially when you consider that in 2020, a year before Lovey Smith got here, this is a team that only recorded 9 takeaways. In 2021, they ended with 25. This will actually be Lovey Smith's third head coaching job. After playing in the Pro Bowl on Sunday, Saints running back Alvin Kamara was taken into custody by Las Vegas police. The police department said video showed Kamara punching a man several times before his friend began stomping him until he was unconscious. Kamara told police that he was with his girlfriend, his assistant, and a couple of friends. Kamara said the man called one of his friends ugly while they were waiting for the elevator and later said, I'll whoop your butt too. Kamara said he saw a fight break out next to him and saw the man get punched. When asked why he punched the man, Kamara indicated that he thought the man was running away and had done something to his group. So he chased him and punched him several times. The police report noted that the video shows that the man was not, in fact, running away. The Bulls just couldn't quite pull out the win over the Suns in Chicago. What's up, Bulls Nation? Matt Peck here from Locked On Bulls with your post-game takeaway. The Bulls lose to the league-leading Phoenix Suns, 127-124 the final, and it wasn't that close as the final score might indicate. The Suns led comfortably all night. DeMar DeRozan did lead a little Bulls comeback to start the fourth quarter. The Bulls got as close as nine, but then really the Suns responded, and this game was over. The Bulls went on a meaningless 9-0 run in the final minute after both coaches had emptied their benches. The Suns won this game thanks to Devin Booker and Chris Paul picking apart this shorthanded Bulls defense. Booker was red hot out of the gate, and the Suns, as a team, shot 54.5% from the field tonight, and they had 102 points through the first 36 minutes. This ball game was not as close as the final score might indicate. Bulls need to bounce back in a big way and get some wins before the All-Star break. Really missed Caruso and Lonzo Ball tonight. 
and the Heat get an always needed road win over the Wizards. Miami blew out the Washington Wizards on Monday night 121 to 100 thanks to a big third quarter run and an impressive performance by Bam Adebayo and others. I'm Wes Goldberg of Locked On Heat. The Heat led wire to wire Monday and it looked like they were going to cruise to a win. The Wizards cut a 20-point lead to 7 in the third quarter. The Heat answered by going on its own 21-1 run and outscoring the Wizards 31-17 in the third. They'd end up leading by as many as 35 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter. A big reason Miami was able to pull away? Bam Adebayo, who scored 12 of his 21 points in the third to break the game open. With the win and the Bulls' loss, the Heat build a full-game lead the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your football action this season. Let's get some basketball odds for Tuesday. North Carolina looks to bounce back from the beatdown they received from Duke as they travel to Clemson. Bet Online likes the home Tigers by a point in this one. Kentucky then takes their good vibes to South Carolina. Bet Online, like most people in the country, like the Cats, to beat the Gamecocks soundly, have them as 10.5 point favorites. And a big-time Big Ten matchup is on tap in East Lansing as Wisconsin travels to fate Michigan State. But online favors the home team Spartans by four points in this one. For all your sports and news and scores, BetOnline has you covered. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. Locked on NFL's Luke Braun talked with BetOnline's Dave Mason about some Super Bowl betting options. Here's the deal. What I really want to talk to you about is... Uh, the the fun stuff chatting here with uh dave mason at uh at dave mason bol on twitter and uh i want to talk about the fun stuff a little bit one of my favorite bets i take this every year and i think i lose it every year so you're welcome um is whether or not there will be a scoring drive shorter than the national anthem it's so degenerate and fun and i guess my question is how do you come up with weird like i was just scrolling through and uh the you're betting on like the price of a board ape nft at halftime, like, how do you come up with this stuff? Right. Well, I mean, some of the stuff, you know, something like that, the national anthem, I, you know, we do have, we do come up with a number for the over under national anthem. So we have mm-hmm. that number and it goes by, you know, tradition and, you know, prior mm-hmm. national anthem that's this woman has sang and, and there is not a lot of data on her out there. Sure. Then you add to, you add a little bit of time to it because it is a Super Bowl. Whenever we find uh, these singers, and they have a national, you know, a few national anthems on the Super or on YouTube, right? You know, you can always add a few seconds on at the Super Bowl, world's biggest stage. They always go a little bit longer. That brave at the end is a little is a little bit longer than it usually is. They they want to milk that biggest stage for everything they got. So you, we have that number. Then scoring drives, we we have those kind of numbers, and we just put the odds up, put some juice on it, and then let the betters dictate. Um, yeah. You know, some of this stuff is a little bit more difficult to come up with. But, you know, a lot of these wacky things, there is some data behind it, I guess. You know, uh, but a lot of this stuff, it's no, it's just a few of us and coming up with an idea. And uh, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? What do you? Okay, well, let's meet in the middle, throw it up and let people bet it. Yeah. And there's, there's just this, like this wisdom of crowds thing that can solve it. Like, how do you figure out the odds for the Gatorade color? Is that also just, you're letting the crowd figure it out? Or is that something like, well, maybe it's orange because the Bengals are an orange team. So the odds that the <laughs> Bengals win or that, or, or right. is it more about, I mean, are you studying what color their Gatorade was? Can you find a clip on the broadcast where you could see inside someone's cup? Like, how are you figuring, how are you gathering that data for something so off the right. wall and wacky? Well, you know, for, for, for one, we use, we have, 
what we've used years before and there's there's always mm-hmm. kind of a template you know it's a rough template but there is a hierarchy um then yeah. you, you do look at some what what the teams have used before and you know that the big story two years ago um what was the purple it, there was a hot room i remember this yeah there's a hot rumor that the winner was gonna dump purple and purple's always the long shot sure um, i think i lost money on this actually no I, I, I did no i did <laughs> <laughs> i bought into the rumor the rumor was purple because kobe bryant <clears throat> passed yeah away that right was it before that so it was going to be a tribute to kobe bryant and it was san francisco against kc and that shot up that went oh. from like 14 to one to even money there's so many people and it was a valid rumor but the rumor what that came from the Niners. So when oh, Casey won, yeah, they were yeah, orange. Yeah, yeah. I remember I bet red because purple yeah, shot too. up and then that meant that gave red better odds. And I was like, well, it's Kansas, yeah. San Francisco and Kansas city. I'm betting red. I'm taking the red. And then it was orange. And well, yeah. So needless <laughs> to say, needless to say this year, we can't, we can't write a bet on purple this year. They're at 12 to one, but clears that clears, yeah, sure. the, uh, clears the public play this year. It's clear. Like, yeah. Okay. Seven to one and down to plus one fifty. I saw someone tweeting that uh, the one team I, I can't even remember. One of the teams always uses water. Blah 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 blah. So mm. there's just so much interesting stuff that goes into this. You know that that's what makes it so much fun. Coming up, the Cincinnati Bengals made it to the Super Bowl. To pretty much everyone's surprise, we unpack the questions about how they got there. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on my New Year's resolutions. You might be like me, but I am trying to eat better. And Built Bar is making it easier to do. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. I tried them. They are spectacular. They have protein-infused marshmallow. I mean, what else do I need to even say? Fluffy, marshmallowy, and of course, covered in 100% chocolate. But they are healthy. They are low in calorie, low in net carbs, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They are the perfect food, basically. I mean, let's just be honest. You want something that's healthy that tastes delicious. That's it. That's what Built Bar is. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away, absolutely blown away by what you'll find in these bars considering the way that they taste. And right now, when you go to Built.com, when you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. We are here in L.A. for the Super Bowl. It's Bengals and Rams joining me now from Locked on Bengals. Jake Lisko and Jake this has been an atypical in a lot of ways uh, path for the Bengals to make it to the Super Bowl, upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFC Championship game. What has been the thing that has keyed this somewhat unexpected run? Well, it's been different things in different games, and that's what's so interesting about this playoff run to me. Against the Raiders in, in the first game of the playoffs, they were favored. They took care of business at home. It got a little dicey at the end, but they managed to close the game with a pick. And that is the common thread throughout their Super Bowl run is closing the game with a big interception on defense against the Titans. It's another defensive effort. And and that has been present throughout the playoffs, but it's been different in each game against the Titans. It's loading up the box and getting creative with the defensive fronts to stop Derrick Henry against Patrick Mahomes. It's saying we're not even going to try to pass rush. 
we're going to drop eight. We're going to spy Mahomes. We're going to wait for our windows to rush the passer. They still end up with four sacks, but they're almost all coverage sacks. So different ideas in each game. And I haven't even mentioned Joe Burrow. The guy's been clutch. Evan McPherson, the guy's been clutch. So they've got the clutch gene on offense and some interesting creative approaches on defense. Where would you assign the credit for this malleability that this team has? Well, on the defensive side of the ball, I give a ton of credit to Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator who's been a chameleon in the playoffs and has come up with very unique game plans, almost like Bill Belichick would kind of do for these sorts of games where it's an entirely different schematic approach week to week. Going from five down linemen in a 6-1 front against the Titans to take away their wide zone stuff with Derrick Henry to a three-man front and dropping eight into coverage and playing single high against Patrick Mahomes and, and even abandoning the two high stuff they started the game with. So even within the game, going from two high to single high with this drop eight stuff and bracketing in different ways and picking up crossers with, with a robber or a rat safety, I mean, that's stuff that I think is really hard to do at any level. And when you're doing it week to week in the NFL, trying to get these very different ideas installed on defense, just give a ton of credit to the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. And we're talking a lot about the defense, but that's really been a key in the run. And finally, it doesn't look like we will get that Ben Simmons for James Harden blockbuster trade after all. Sources say that whenever Harden came up in a telephone conversation between Philadelphia 76ers president of basketball operations Daryl Morey and Brooklyn Nets general manager Sean Marks, the idea was quickly squashed. When Morey asked, what about James? Marks flatly responded, no, after it was clarified that Maury was talking, in fact, about Harden and not, you know, James Johnson. I don't, I don't think that was much of a question. Coming up Wednesday, we continue our coverage from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.